0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, revisiting the NES Classic Edition nine months and 20 days later. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? It's going great. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling good.
1: One thing that's really fun about when we record these is we sit across a table from each other Yeah, so we can make deep, meaningful, connected eye contact.
0: It is almost literally the only time I do that with anyone Yeah, during the week. Or The weekend. I don't know why I was so specific in that. And we have loved ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. Many a meal in silence in front of the television. (laughs) But yeah, uh, there's something very um, intimate and focused about doing a podcast where you're like, this person is going to get my more or less undivided attention until we stop recording. Right. That uh, really doesn't happen anywhere else. No. Like, we have. I have a computer in front of me, you have your phone in front of you, but we're not, like, checking other stuff. Only if it's germane to this conversation. And this conversation, Mark, is about the NES Classic Edition and how we feel about it now.
1: That's right. So, you know, with the SNES Classic Edition coming out in a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. about a month from now, actually. A little less than a month at this point.
0: Yep. Because it is uh, almost September. Yeah. So, it's... Wait, a month from two days ago is how that works out. Yes. Yes.
1: That's right. The 29th. Because you're listening to this the day it comes out. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we don't do that enough on this portion of the show, on the Thursday portion of the We get
0: confused. So, (laughs) for the most part, we record both parts of uh, a week's episode. Does that make sense? No. We record the Tuesday and Thursday episodes on Monday, usually. That's right. Um, So... We can't do the math in our head to be like, oh, when, when will Thursday, three whole days from now, we can't figure it out. That's
1: neither here nor there. Right. The, the important thing is that we're knuckleheads. Right. And the second important thing mm-hmm. is that with the SNES Cla- Classic Edition coming out, um, you we thought it would be a fun time to revisit the NES Classic Edition, right? which uh, both you and I were able to get our hands on one last year mm-hmm. when it released. Day one. Day one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we did an episode about it uh, way back then, last November, early December. Uh, Episode six of of the show. And so, uh, you know, we were a little younger then, a little more naive. Mm Mm-hmm. But...
0: I was still in diapers.
1: (laughs) I had not yet graduated to cigarettes. Mm Mm-hmm. And... And we both had
0: all of our baby teeth still.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But... Um, you know, I don't know. I have not really utilized mine all that much in the time since then. I will occasionally turn it on to play some Mario, but I we thought it would be a fun time to go back and like kind of reevaluate it. Yeah, and I
0: think it's maybe nice to reevaluate it, uh, removed from the hype surrounding it. And it's it's a little bit hard because there's hype surrounding the the Super NES Classic right now, but like I think there's. It feels less like a uh, precious artifact that I was able to, you know, rescue before the Nazis could throw it into a a fire with all the books that they're burning, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, That's a perfect metaphor. Thank you. (laughs) And and now it's more like, you know, just a machine that can play some cool games. Right.
1: And I don't want to interrupt this conversation, but I I do want to just do a sidebar real fast. Yeah, all right. Hey, let's let's go into the sidebar I want to do a clarification just in case my mom is listening to this episode that I don't actually smoke cigarettes. I was grasping for something that adults would do. And that's the that's the one that I came up with. Okay. And then I just want to do like a little
0: sidebar on on the side of this. Great. Um, I, I recognized as we were doing it that you were doing something that adults would do. And I was doing something that babies no longer do. And so like our, our patterns didn't quite match up. Yeah, absolutely. But we're like, doing this on I the fly. I heard it. Right. Yeah. We're doing it on the fly. Mistakes will be made. We'll get out of this sidebar and then out of your sidebar. Back to our main topic. Back to the main topic: the Super N- No, the NES Classic Edition, and uh, how we feel about it now. Um, so Mark, you mentioned that uh, you have not really had uh, opportunity to play it, um, in the months since it came out, with the exception of some Mario. Um, you said you turn it on to play Mario every now and then. What, 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 what does that look like for you? Like, how how often do you play Mario? What is playing mario for you
1: i feel like every couple of months i uh you know just get the urge to play some classic mario and for me that's mostly um super mario brothers 3 Mm -hmm. that's the one that i return to it's the one that i have the best memories of and probably played the most as a child Mm -hmm. and for me the nes classic edition has been a very easy way it's already plugged into my tv just like turn it on play through a few levels I usually will start from the beginning and, you know, sometimes I'll use the warp whistles to Mm -hmm. advance myself further if I want to, but it's, I don't know, there's something very, it's like my happy place, you know, like a very comfort food type thing. It's coming home. Yeah, to just uh, pick up the SNES and, wow, pick up the NES Classic Edition and, you know, just run through that because there are, there were 30 games on the NES Classic Edition Mm -hmm. and Most of them, I don't care enough about to replay regularly. Yeah,
0: so this is one of the things that kind of struck me as we uh, as we turn the system on to kind of play with it again this weekend. That uh, there's a little bit like a story of um, there's so much evolution uh, apparent in the NES's library, right? And we see so much of that in on the NES Classic. So like, while there are games like zelda and zelda 2 and mario 3 and um like star tropics and even final fantasy these bigger experiences with like huge worlds that you can sink a lot of time into there are also these like single screen games like donkey kong or um like balloon fight uh all of these games that feel so much smaller and so much more limited um and you know, I feel like we've moved so far from those kind of arcadey experiences.
1: Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why I don't like return to the NES Classic Edition more often mm-hmm. is because we've talked about before. I, I don't have any affinity for arcade games. I yeah. don't particularly like score chase games, and just based on when the uh, Nintendo entertainment system was originally released in the eighties. That, you know, like was mostly what was on it originally yeah. was versions of arcade games, and yeah. so a lot of those, like, there's like Gal, what is it, like Galaga, and Galaxia, and even Blue Find, which we played a lot of, and or not a lot of, we played a little bit of, and I enjoy more than Joust, which it seems to basically be based on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we played for a few minutes, and I had my fill, and it was even that way with Donkey Kong. Right. Or it's was just like, yeah, I've done enough of this.
0: Yeah, but they're solid experiences. They're too. not,
1: for the most part, they're not bad games. There's a couple of real stinkers on the NES Classic Edition. Sure. Like, uh,
0: so, what, what, yeah. What, what do you view as like the, the, that are still stinkers from this,
1: even as we revisit it? Ghost and Goblins. Yeah. Like, bad port. It's a terrible port of a mediocre game. Right. Um, Punishing difficulty,
0: like uh, unfair difficulty.
1: Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, I think Castlevania 2 is it's too not broken. very much fun to play. It's broken. I mean, it, it needs a remake just like uh, um, Metroid 2 did. I mean, I don't even think Excitebike is very fun to play anymore.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I can
1: appreciate uh, its place in history, but mm. I don't have any desire to play it. Uh, let's see, there's Galaga, Gradius, which are just not bad games, but games that are right that 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 fits
0: more in that like arcadey kind of genre like like we were talking about you and i spent some time playing super c which is the the contra game that's on there i don't like i think i just don't like contra games is that or or is this a bad game
1: i don't know i i don't feel like i've played enough of them Mm -hmm. there is a contra game on the snes classic edition right yeah and i'm looking forward to seeing what that is like because it'll be a more grown-up, more refined version. I think it's going to be the exact same thing. I think Contra is Contra. Yeah. But we also played some uh, Double Dragon 2 The Revenge.
0: <laughs> okay, so Double Dragon 2 The Revenge, I actually had fun playing until we hit a wall. Me too. Um, so Double Dragon is Double Dragon, right? You, you are Billy and Jimmy Lee beating up bad guys. Um, one button is punch left. The other button is punch right. And you can push both buttons at the same time to jump. Um, And where the game really starts to fail, right, is when it makes you do platforming with this ridiculous jump button, which is you jamming both buttons at the same time.
1: And the jump physics aren't... Oh, they're terrible. They're they're not fun. They're real bad. You, uh, Especially when you're playing, you play some Mario, and then you jump back to other games. And their platforming mechanics, especially their jump mechanics, Mario does a thing that doesn't exist in physics where you can jump forward and then push back on the D-pad and he will kind of swing backwards.
0: Yeah, you can adjust your jumps midair.
1: You can't do that in a lot of these early platformers, especially and Double Dragon 2 is one of them, and it feels wrong. It does feel wrong. Even though it is more like correct, it in games it it makes it broken. Right.
0: So, I mean, one of the things that you just sort of have to contend with when you're uh, any kind of platforming game is that your character has the ability to jump further and higher than any human being ever could with a running start or without, right? Um, And Mario's like, yeah, you can jump really high and really far, so you can sort of control it when you're in the air. But like, when you're Billy and Jimmy Lee trying to like hop a pit, they're still jumping. <laughs> They've got a vertical leap of like eight feet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's already unrealistic, and then you've got no control over it. I, I feel like that that's part of why um, we buy into the uh, the sort of not realistic being able to navigate in the air because you're already doing something fantastical, right? What do you think? What game do you think has the worst jump in this list? Oh, man. Because Double
1: Dragon's a good candidate for that. Uh, arguably, Castlevania's jump is real bad. Yeah, Castlevania's jump is real bad. Um, I'm going to go back to Ghosts and Goblins.
0: Oh, I didn't find that, that jump to be that tough. I think you actually do get a little bit of control in the air. I think the worst jump in here is Ice Climber. Ice now, Climbers. see, that's
1: interesting, because I didn't... Hate it. I wasn't good at it. No, (laughs) but I didn't hate it. I actually kind of thought that ice climbers was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, as a small, bite-sized experience that we could play for like a couple minutes, I would much rather play that than, um, Galaxia. Yeah. Whatever. Not to keep dumping on that specific game. Uh, one thing I do want to say about Double Dragon Two before we move on too far is one thing that I did think was cool was the variation in the levels mm-hmm. like where they take place. And for a Nintendo game, for an NES game, they have some pretty cool mechanics like the one where you're fighting in a helicopter and the door will occasionally swing open and then it'll and suck you or enemies out. Right. Like that's that I thought that was really neat. I guess my memory of a lot of these NES games is vague enough that I don't remember them having these like mechan- like mechanics like that. Yeah. Uh, I also thought the level that we gave up on, which was some like I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a, a haunted for, manor. Oh, or like yes. a it was it was the Mansion of Terror. Mansion or something. of Terror. Like yeah. that name is so evocative, <laughs> right? Like that was awesome. Well, and the the, the
0: storytelling in uh, Double Dragon Two: The Revenge is so delightfully cheesy. Like, and some of the writing, Mark, you pointed this out as we were playing. Like, is Kind of good yeah like, it's it's not it's not smart, it's a blunt instrument, but like it's it's a like you say evocative of of something bigger or more like emotional, also where the writing was
1: good in a game I had not played that much of was punch out
0: yeah yeah the the writing and really just the the presentation all over in punch out um kind of amazing, right that yeah. like all of the characters have so much personality um Let's let's talk a little bit about Punch-Out. Um, cuz I think both you and I are neither of us cut our teeth on Punch-Out. We didn't play this game as a, as kids, right? Right. Um and I think so much of Punch-Out is uh you know the, the experience of it is like learning the the other boxer's patterns and um knowing how to counterattack when 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 they attack you. And both you and I were like too impatient when we started with it. And we're just like I just want to punch. Um which gives you success for a little bit, but like you really need to work at understanding each character. and like as an adult, it's or uh, maybe maybe this is me making excuses, right? Um, but I, I feel like it's hard for me to commit a new like character's pattern to memory um and and fight that, whereas if I was a kid, I would have been more excited to like, you know write down like oh when he does this dodge this way when he does this dodge this way Um, or would have just been like more inherently excited about the characters Um, but we you know kind of drilled down into it not super hard we didn't get anywhere near beating the game but just like got to the point where we were understanding how the game expected us to interact with it Um, and I think the game is so colorful and the music is so good and everything has such a distinct personality that it invites you to to drill down into it
1: yeah like in between rounds mm-hmm. um uh, the like the fighters have various things that they'll say like it's not like they repeat the same thing over and over yeah. they have different little like dialogue each time Right, and, um, so, and
0: sometimes they're, like, giving away a weakness, and sometimes it's just personality.
1: Yeah, and, like, Doc will help you. That's the name of the, yeah, his trainer, right. right? Like, he, uh, he will help you out, and he'll, like, give you hints on how you can better fight mm-hmm. each individual fighter. Each individual fighter has, like, such personality Yeah, that... Yeah, it's, it's a game that I didn't experience as a kid and had never really played before until we played it. And even though I... Um, it's not a game that I will probably return much to because again, like I don't have the patience for that, uh, for like hitting that wall and having to really like figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't really like, it kind of reminded me of arms in a lot of ways where it's just like, I don't want to, I don't really want to learn how to do this. (laughs) Even though I, it's actually, uh, even though I admire the presentation, I admire the craft, I. I didn't have fun partake, like,
0: doing it. Um, so I, I am, like, compelled to go back to it. Uh, but I think I'm going to save that compulsion for uh, Super, Super Punch-Out. Punch Out, yeah. Um, which is, you know, has as good a reputation as the original Punch-Out.
1: Um, I'd say better. Or, or better, sure. Well, and I feel like that is the story of so many games going yes. from the NES Classic Edition to the SNES Classic Edition. And, you know, there are some stone-cold classics on the NES Classic Edition. For sure. Like, no doubt. Like, I think that Mario, Super Mario Brothers 3, I enjoy returning to more than Super Mario World. Um, you know, like, L- a Legend of Zelda, it's a great game, obviously. You know, Castlevania, it's a great game. But the leap from those games to, to the their Super iterations yeah. on the Super Nintendo is so great that for a lot of these, what I'm realizing is what I really wanted was the Super Nintendo version to begin with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there is something appealing about having so many of these games available. Like, 30 games is a lot, right? Um, and if you want to just, like, sit around and, and mess, uh, mess around with uh, NES Classic Edition, you can find new game experiences, even if you're spending two minutes in each one, uh, that, you know, will entertain you
1: for an hour, you know? We spent an entire day playing together, the NES yeah. Classic Edition, and we could have kept playing so much more. There was so much that we didn't even touch.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, fun, weird side note, um, I've got a long, HDMI, <clears throat> a long HDMI cable for my NES Classic Edition, right? Uh, and I use that to just pull it over to the couch, so we are within um, arm's reach of the reset button and also because the the controller cords are short um but uh that means that i need to find a solution for plugging it in and i have an anchor anchor whatever however it's pronounced uh battery that i use to charge my switch when i'm traveling that i just plugged directly into this thing so the whole thing was just running on portable battery power the whole time and we had it going for maybe six hours on um, on Saturday. And then I played a little bit on Sunday, and again today. And the battery is still showing full, <laughs> so the NES Classic Edition draws no power. <laughs> is 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 my point there? Um, but yeah, we we did we we sunk a whole afternoon into this thing, and part it was by mixing big experiences with little experiences, right? Um, one of the things that we sort of broke the seal on um, that I hadn't turned on at all um, was the original Final Fantasy. Um, the original Final Fantasy, obviously an enormous game, right? Hugely important for uh, you know the company Squaresoft that would become Square Enix, um, but also just a very long and involved, deep game, um, and I—that was one of the reasons that I hadn't turned it on before was I was like I don't want to, you know, commit to spending hours upon hours with this little machine. I want to treat it more as like a party favor. Um, but I don't what what how what did uh what did you think? What what was your experience with uh Final Fantasy as we were playing it on Saturday?
1: Even uh, I was surprised at how fully formed a Final Fantasy experience it is. Yeah, you know what, like. Yeah, there's a lot of things that would be embellished and improved on later. And I'm really looking forward to playing Final Fantasy III, also known as Final Fantasy VI, on the Super Nintendo Classic. That game is so good. But I don't think I really realized... I had played a little bit of Final Fantasy, the original before, not when it was released, but many years later. Probably, I guess, like 10 years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. And I didn't dive into into it very much because at that point i was still experiencing some older final fantasy you know like i hadn't played 9 at that point sure and so uh what final what i needed that more refined you know final fantasy experience that the modern that the more modern games gave me and final fantasy the original on the nes felt too opaque it felt too difficult and but coming back to it and playing it with you and you had played a little bit before so maybe all of it before, but you had like some idea of what we, we should be doing and all, And that made it much more approachable and much more fun. And so I could actually appreciate how well crafted a mm-hmm. game it is, especially for being the first final fantasy. Yeah.
0: Well, and you pointed out something as we were playing too, that the, for being as final fantasy as the game already is, um, it feels almost like D and D in a way that like, when you level up your characters, each level seems like a huge improvement, you know? And I, I feel like that's something that when you're playing d d you do actually experience, where you're like, oh, I just doubled my hit points now, or I can deal so much more damage than I used to be able to do in just the previous level. And that's not the case in, like, Final Fantasies 2 and 3 and, you know, seven, eight, nine, 8, 9. Right. Um, and also that there are no magic points. You have spell slots. So you can
1: cast, like, four level one spells before... Which it, is very nakedly tabletop uh, RPG. Yeah. Or, I guess, maybe if they were cribbing this from, like, Ultima or something like that, which definitely pulled from tabletop RPGs. Yeah. But, yeah, like, you can you can easily see the skeleton yeah, for of sure. D&D in there. But also, the sprite work is beautiful. Uh, yeah,
0: totally beautiful. Um... Yeah, the, uh, we, we were um, marveling at some of, like, the, the backgrounds in the, um, like, during a battle sequence uh, that, you know, obviously there are only so many pixels that you have to evoke a, a desert, a swamp, a, a cave, or whatever, um, but they're, like, the, the textures are just so great and so simple, um, and, you know, we were also, uh, we, we played through the sort of, the, the game starts by giving you a, a mission to rescue a princess, right? Um and it's it's like a cold open, right? You you pick your characters, you name them and then you march them off. And you know, it maybe takes you an hour to um get through this thing, but then you cross the bridge and that's kind of when the game starts its like title sequence. Um, which is a cool like dramatic little thing, like the the thought that like a game can be something more than like, here's your start screen, you select one player, two player by, you know, hitting select and then start and then play the game. Um yeah, I, I, it was cool and very effective for me, like, revisiting this game. Um, and I've played it, I've gone back to it now uh, since Saturday. I haven't turned the thing back on for any other games, but I have gone back to Final Fantasy. I want to keep growing these characters, and I want to um, save up and get that silver sword, and I want to level up our black belt to a level where I can take his weapons away, and he can start dealing more damage with fists. Yeah. Um, I do think uh, the game is super opaque, Um, but the second that you and I were both on our phones to be like, okay, who can use what weapons, and what are good strategies for developing these characters, then it started to feel like something fun to work
1: towards. We were also operating without a manual. Yeah, yes. Which I assume would explain most of what's going on, or at least some of what's going on. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Who knows, man? Uh, and so it was fun to balance, like, we put a, like, I think three hours into Final Fantasy, and then to jump and go do something like Donkey Kong Jr., which I had never played before. Mm-hmm. And I, that one was really fun, because we were playing it, and we were playing in two player mode, so we would alternate back and forth. Patrick's much better at it than I am. And so, <laughs> I think... By the, I like I, I like the Donkey
0: Kong games, y- Yeah, so...
1: Um, but like, so we were just marveling at like, oh, wait, is this where they got that for Donkey Kong Country 2? Or yep. Donkey Kong Country?
0: Yes. Uh, or yeah, no, but I think too specifically that, uh, when in Donkey Kong Jr., when you're climbing up, uh, a rope and you can have, uh, you're either like sprawled out, sprawled? What am I saying? Either Donkey Kong is holding onto two ropes one on the, one with his left arm and one with his right. Yeah, both arms extended. Right. He climbs up faster when he's like that and down faster when he's just on one rope, which is just like a dumb, simple, like, you know, just way to, to manage his speed. And we see that in Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. And you can hear about our playthrough <laughs> <laughs> uh, in our uh, classic edition.
1: Well, and because we had mm-hmm. just played through it fairly recently... Like when there were when Mario was releasing the little like crocodile enemies, yeah, these little chompy guys, yeah, that go back and forth and they go down the vines. Mm-hmm. This like, is in the first level of is, yeah, of uh, Donkey Kong Jr. and you're just like, oh, I wonder if this is where the inspiration for those enemy types in the Donkey Kong Country came from. Mm-hmm. And more than that, just what are they called? Kremlings in general. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's it is cool. And it's the kind of stuff that always makes me wonder, like, well, why was this part discarded, right? Like, um, in Donkey Kong Jr., the last level, um, you're, like, pushing these keys up into uh, a platform that will release Donkey Kong, and these birds fly down at you. But, like, you never see birds like that in Donkey Kong Country. I guess, You know, maybe I'm going to go back on that. They're borderline, like, the vultures. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, it, it, it's, it's very cool for me to see that kind of, uh, the building blocks of what we see later, um, in these franchises.
1: And of course we also put time into the Mario games. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to, right? Um,
0: so, because they're just so good. Uh, so we played the original Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 3, um, and our goal with super mario brothers was to play it as fast as we can yeah well, that that was the goal uh we didn't we didn't finish it
1: no we got to eight we got to bowser's eight? castle yeah we got to 83 yeah and then but we just gave up water. it blabber. wasn't that fun yeah we weren't having that much fun the super super the original super mario brothers is a good is a great game still a great game but it has s- been succeeded in every way possible by much better games yes but it's not that fun to go back to except for nostalgic reasons uh
0: either nostalgic reasons or there's such like a big speed running community around that game um that like i don't know it does feel like a little bit of a show-off game that like if i put in some time and like wanted to just be like oh hey remember mario bam 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 bam," you know (laughs) but like i've got no interest in that at this point um so for us, I think Super Mario Bros. 3 was really where uh, that, that's where the, we, we mentioned it already uh, earlier in the episode. But we played that game for maybe an hour and a half, two hours on Saturday. Um, played from the beginning to the end. Did some warping um, to skip levels we didn't want to play. But like the, the two-player mode on that is so good. Um, it's like it's simple. You trade off levels. Um, but you can mess with each other uh, in little um, Mario um, Brothers-inspired mini-games. Yeah, and it's just, I I don't know. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to articulate what it is that's so special about Mario 3 and and its two-player mode specifically.
1: And I think some of it, which you have mentioned before, is that Super Mario Brothers 3 is so much like the payoff for the promise that was Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Like it feels like it it's amazing that it's on the same hardware.
0: Yeah. For you know. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Because the it's such a mature game for coming out only a few years later. Yeah. than Super Mario Brothers.
0: Well, and it is arguably not even um the same hardware because the uh NES carts for um super mario brothers 3 had extra hardware in them so that uh levels could scroll vertically and horizontally at the same time um so it is like technically different hardware (laughs) um also man that's so crazy that like games used to have different stuff in them like different physical stuff in them to uh make it achieve something that an earlier cartridge couldn't do um which is something that uh, we're going to see in the uh, Super NES Classic, with the FX chip, which is what allowed it to do um, the polygons for uh, Star Fox and obviously Star Fox Two, and for some of the effects in Yoshi's Island. That was all like hardware built into the cartridges. Um, it's a pointless little uh, bits bits of uh, information, but so interesting to me.
1: We were very lucky. There are a lot of people who wanted NES Classic Editions mm-hmm. and who were not able to get them and or who rightfully don't want to pay like the prices that they're going for now. Sure. I mean, I, I was looking at them
0: on uh, eBay. They're reselling for like $225 at the moment. So
1: do you think for somebody who uh wasn't able to get one that... They are like a necessary item. Like, do you think it's something that you would tell somebody, yeah, pay whatever you can to get it, or mm. do you think that most of these games are available uh, officially through Virtual Console mm-hmm. on many Nintendo platforms? They're unofficially available everywhere, right, on your phone. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um. So, n- I mean, no. The answer is no. It's it's not it's not unnecessary, but like. It is more or less like the definitive way to experience these games now, right? Um, there is no other way that like replicates the feeling of having an NES controller in your hand the way this does, right? Um, it is literally the exact same size and shape and weight of an NES controller. Um, and anything that you're going to get that's like approximating that now is going to have like an extra set of buttons or like the uh, triggers or bumpers or be wireless or something.
1: And there are really nice basically like new consoles that if you own cartridges you can plug into and they have HDMI and all yeah, that like kind of stuff. Yeah, like a RetroN or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But um and so in a lot of ways if you're a hardcore collector, you know, that's an ideal way to play it, but for most people like you and I, like we don't mm. own cartridges anymore. We would have to go right. seek that out, and I do have a bunch of Super Nintendo cartridges,
0: <laughs> including Beethoven Ultimate Canine <laughs> Caper.
1: Uh, the details of which, if you haven't heard yet, you can listen to on All Tuesday's right. episode.: Right. Or you could just go to our
0: Facebook page and watch my uh, I, I stream the
1: first uh,
0: the first level of the game.: That's it's, right, it's terrible. Uh, what, what point were you driving at? Oh? um that there are other there are other options if you want to play these games and you do have cartridges or if you want to just like steal it i guess at this point
1: yeah i mean but i to your point i agree that for somebody like me who hasn't invested in very many virtual console games and who isn't a collector it is a great way to do it but it is not the, ol- it's not the only it's way. not the only way i yeah. even I would not recommend somebody pay hundreds of dollars for it.
0: No, definitely
1: not. I think it's fun. I think it's cute, but I don't think it's, it's worth that.
0: So here's something that uh, is, is worth pointing out. Um, because we both have these systems, Mark was able to bring his controller over to my house, which means we had two NES controllers. Um, if Mark's not here, I, I can play uh, have, have a second player with my old Wii um classic controller, which is kind of shaped more like a Super Nintendo controller and has like thumbsticks on it. It's not very comfortable. It's it's not a very comfortable controller. Also it's got that weird Wii finish on it, so it like collects, you know, dead skin like a, it's a, it's gross. It has bad form function, right? Um but the it uh those the extra NES classic edition controllers are so rare um, you know, they made so far fewer of those than they did of, of the systems. So like, if you thought it was hard to get a system, getting the extra controller is virtually impossible. Um, so without being able to have both of those controllers, it seems like it is, the experience is worth a little bit less. Um, cause we played a bunch of two player games on Saturday. We played double dragon. We played, um, super C balloon fight ice climber. Um, super Mario Brothers three, like I was saying before, um, and if if it's not super easy or uh, like super in line with the console's aesthetic
1: to just pick it up and do it, it
0: loses something.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Although I had so much fun doing this co op or playing on the couch, you know, with you yeah. next to me. Some of these old games, some of them were co ops, some of them that weren't that it did make me understand the appeal of what Nintendo has promised for the Switch online service, which is going to be, like, NES games that have had have some sort of online functionality. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means leaderboards. I don't know if it means that, you know, uh, we would be able to play, like, Tetris against each other. Yeah. But for me, it, it the idea of both of us being able to start up our switches and play through some uh like double dragon 2 in co-op but all over the internet yeah like that's a fun idea to me if we were able to play super mario brothers 3 in that two-player mode switching back and forth but also be on voice chat and just you know that'd be that'd be so cool it'd be so much fun
0: uh super mario brothers 3 is just passive enough of that i mean this would be super cool right if it was just like you played your level and then like I got an alert that like it was time for me to go. You know? And yeah, almost
1: like asynchronous multiplayer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or like uh play playing chess via mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean that's I I'm excited for the potential for all of this old old software as it gets reincorporated into what Nintendo is now. And I hope that you know the these classic edition systems are cool, but I hope that's not where it ends. You know, like I, I, I don't think we really we don't need like a a gussied up um presentation of these old games as badly as we do, uh like a way to play them on the systems we're already playing games on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, cause like yeah, just just to make Super Nintendo games available on the Switch with online functionality or with just modern, you know, gaming functionality would be great. And that you got me excited about that. <laughs> um this is another thing that we were talking about. Uh so the Super NES Classic Edition comes with two controllers. Um so you we won't have that problem of not being able to find a second. But then can we use those controllers on the NES Classic?
1: Yeah, unknown. I mean it, it Only if... They use the same ports. They use the same ports, but they may not, like, read each other.
0: Yeah, I mean, it will read the Wii uh, Classic controller, which is pretty
1: similar to the Super NES controller. Yeah, so maybe it will. Maybe you will be able to use... Because the SNES controller is a um, vast improvement over the NES controller, even in just, like, ergonomics. Yeah, I mean... There's,
0: yeah, the NES controller has those like really hard, uh, you know, right angle corners that dig into your hand after a a long play session. Um, But there's no replicating that uncomfortable feeling, you know? Like everyone else has fixed it, so you don't experience that anymore. And if I'm trying to chase
1: a very specific
0: sensation from my childhood,
1: I need an uncomfortable controller. And that's where the NES Classic Edition, I think succeeds the most Mm -hmm. is replicating that childhood feeling that you know you don't get from playing super mario brothers 3 on a 3ds that you don't get from booting up your wii virtual console right or having it available on your switch like we were just
0: saying um we messed around just a little bit with the screen options there aren't very many of them but i i think that's okay right like Um, on the, uh, the Neo Geo arcade classics on switch, you can kind of fine tune that stuff to, you know, how like scan lines and, um, any like color, uh, warping or or fading or whatever. Um, the NES classic edition just really has three options, right? One that's like an optimized four by three, one
1: that's, um, pixel pixel perfect, perfect, uh, and another one that's, uh. What is it called? It's like CRT. something. It like, it fakes the scan lines. Yeah.
0: Um, and you know, we, we set it on, um, the CRT mode for a little bit. Um, but I think ultimately like the, the systems based settings, um, are fine. And all, all, all of the sprite work is just so like beautiful and simple that, um, seeing it clear, um, and not with any of that CRT kind of, uh, uh what's the word I wanna use here? I was gonna say disturbance, but that's not right. Distortion. <laughs> um that that you don't really need it. Um I wonder if that'll be different on Super Nintendo. Like if uh having a little bit more detail does make me want to have um a little bit of distortion.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see.
0: It will in fact be interesting to see. So one thing I think the the last piece of um is the NES Classic Edition, like, worth it, or, like, what's the functionality for it, um, is uh, the sort of hypothetical scenario of, like, you have it on at a party, and people just pick it up, and, you know, it, it goes through the various attract screens for um, all, all these games, and someone can just pick it up and say, oh, I want to play Balloon Fight, I want to play Bubble Bobble, I want to play Castlevania. <laughs> Let's go through them alphabetically. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never had it. I've never had the system in that scenario, um, and I know I've had people over since I got it. It just doesn't occur to me to do it. Um, can you see yourself
1: using it in that way? Yeah, I think it's. I feel like the these games, even more so than for our generation, anyways, mm-hmm. even more so than the Super Nintendo, were video games for so many people. Yeah. That even if somebody wasn't a huge gamer or, like, they had an older brother or sister who played, but they were too young for it, just visually, they are so evocative of childhood for so many people our age that I think people would absolutely be attracted to it and want to pick it up and, you know, play a a little bit, just experience that again.
0: Right. Well, and as we were saying, a lot. so many of these experiences are those pick it up, play it for five minutes, and then move on let someone else play
1: yeah which is really a strength that as these systems go get more mature like the super the super nintendo classic edition a uh, hypothetical n64 classic edition will not have that because, because games aren't designed in that even super mario world the levels are too long for that sort of like pick up and play yeah mentality but i mean if you're at a party
0: and someone's like play a level of mario 3 and then go back to drinking like yeah, We're yeah. <laughs> Not smoking, Mom. No, Mom. We're not smoking. <laughs> All right, Mark. Let's let's close the door on the uh, NES Classic Edition. I mean, that's closing the door for us. We would love to hear how you've been using your uh, Classic Edition system since uh, it came out. Um, are you able to play it at parties? Are there games that you've gotten lost in that you didn't expect to? Uh, and how about that Final Fantasy, huh?
1: And if you weren't able to get your hands on one, is it something that you still want, or have you know like has have you moved on? I know sometimes I get like so excited for a product release, and then once it's out there, and yeah. you know I don't get one, I don't care anymore. You know, you just move on right, to exactly. the next thing that will guarantee your happiness. Right. One of these things. Look. A lot of these things will guarantee. We'll you get happy. there eventually. One
0: of these things will make us happy for sure.
1: <laughs> uh, so you and should. Then just... The show will end. And <laughs> because
0: the show is just another thing we're trying to <laughs> achieve happiness yeah. with. Um, yeah. So if uh, any of your experiences with this machine, um, either having it or not having it, please write into Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail dot com. Um, and on on that note, uh, we didn't get any emails about our uh, Sonic Mania discussion, um, but just getting some feedback from uh, people on Facebook um, that uh, some people thought we were maybe too hard on the Sonic franchise as a whole Um, that we, we kind of based our Sonic mania discussion around the idea that uh, Sonic hasn't been, hasn't succeeded in uh, years um, and that this is like a a return to form or something for the series. And uh, a lot of people are saying like, Hey, uh, with the exception of, like, Sonic Unleashed and, like, Sonic Knights and Sonic 06, all the Sonic games are fine. Um, I guess Guilty as charged uh, there. I, I didn't play Sonic Colors. I didn't play Generations. There's
1: a lot of those games I, I just let slip by. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe we should play Sonic Forces if it, if it reviews well. Because I, for the longest time, didn't think I enjoyed Sonic. I've been really enjoying Sonic Mania. I still don't think I'd enjoy Sonic 3D, but maybe I would.
0: Yeah, maybe you would. What does a modern Sonic game look like? Dude, we just need everything else to catch up to it. Maybe. I mean, Sonic Boom is supposed to be bad, so <laughs> so we won't pick up those. But yeah, I am I, uh, more open to the idea that um, Forces doesn't have to be a, the garbage fire that we were expecting it to be. Um, but if you have any uh, further thoughts about uh, Sonic Mania or Sonic as a franchise and how we've been too mean to it, uh, you can write to us, of course, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Dot com. That's going to do it for this episode of the show. Uh, remember, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. I said you can, but we would like it if you would. Uh, share the episode if you liked it on Facebook or Twitter. On Twitter, we are at Nincart Society. On Facebook, we are just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apit Betty. You can check out more of his music on 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers. Game Awards. all we will be. So mean to Sonic. Thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?